You're listening to season two of the Where Did You See God podcast. And in this season, we're taking a break from our normal way of doing things. And instead, my family and I are processing our experience doing a family discipleship training school through Youth with a Mission. It has been a wild month. And today, my wife and I are processing the theme of this week, which is marriage. Now, this episode is definitely going to be a good one to listen to if you are married, but even if you aren't, there are principles, there are ideas, there are things in here that I think will be incredibly valuable. So wherever you are in life, whether you're single or married, whether you are happy or struggling, there is something in here for you. So sit back, get comfortable, and show some grace to this married couple as we process this wild journey called marriage. You're listening to episode 33 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, we just thank you that you are God and you are good. And this is just your time um, as we dive into... All the things we heard and learned about during the marriage week, uh, we just recognize there's a lot of ways that our minds um, can take things, turn things, twist things, leave things out. Uh, So we just pray that you would guide this time because you designed marriage, you called the two of us to marriage, and you gave us this week to press into marriage. And so we just invite the Holy Spirit. If there are things that need to be said that don't need to be said, if there are questions that need to be asked, Um, We want the Holy Spirit to guide this conversation and not us. And so we submit ourselves to you um, in excitement for what you can do in just a small amount of time um, through conversation. And so we pray that this time glorifies you and honors you. And we thank you for the opportunity and gift to be able to just process what you have called us to in marriage. All this your prayer is holy and precious name. Amen. So... Uh, If you haven't guessed it yet, the theme of week four was marriage, and that's a pretty big week for a DTS that is focused on family, and it's also uh, a week that the two of us have kind of been uh, anticipating, building expectations for, um, because one of the reasons we came to the family DTS is because we knew we wanted God to bring breakthrough in our marriage. Yeah, I think that... This is a kind of a hard week to like process in this space because this week was less about like specific teachings about marriage and more about the leaders sharing their testimony as a married couple and like how God was working through that, which was really powerful, but it's not really something that we are at the liberty of like sharing a bunch of like publicly right now like that's their story and then also like though we um are willing to be vulnerable about things that we're struggling with in our marriage I'm not sure if we would necessarily do that over a podcast we would (laughs) certainly love to sit down with you and talk to you about Mm -hmm. that and we can certainly talk vaguely about it but we do want to share just some nuggets of truth Mm -hmm. that um we kind of took away from this week and Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, some ways in which the Holy Spirit worked. Yeah. Um, And we will probably talk about some of the things that we've processed in our own marriage. Um, But the truth is some things we are still processing through. And I think one of the gifts to the week being very story centric 
is I think what we both kind of wanted was for them to just kind of give us some really clear go-to guides or say the thing that would really convict our spouse or really like help us to recognize, like we just wanted those things that would be really easy for us to take and say, all right, now we can fix our marriage. Whereas God didn't want to just give us quick fixes. He wants to call us to a place of trusting him more deeply, but also loving each other more deeply, not ease and convenience and things being perfect. And so we're still processing through that. But there were three points through the week that um, we both felt like really stood out to us. Uh, And so we'll share what those three things are, and then we'll just talk about them for a little bit. And as Becca mentioned, if you want to hear more, then connect with us in some way, and we are happy to go deeper and be a little more transparent and vulnerable uh, in that space. Uh, The first thing that stood out is something that we've actually mentioned in some ways over the last several episodes, but it's this idea that when you're seeking God, the enemy likes to disrupt that and attack that. But one of the things that we have really heard over and over during the family DTS is that the enemy hates marriage. Marriage was one of the first and greatest things that God created when he created the world. One of the things that we see him create is not just man and woman, but he created marriage. He created unity, two people that were made to function as one. And there was a power in that. It was very good. So much fruit and beauty and joy and creativity came from that union, and the enemy hated it. And so he lied, he tricked, and he caused disunity in that couple. And we see the ramifications of that, not just in their story, but for the generations after that. And so early on in the week, and we were reminded that the enemy is sitting there saying, if I can just disrupt this marriage, I can mess up so much more. And so we've had to sit with that reality that the enemy does not want us to be unified does not want us to love each other, does not want us to die to ourselves for the sake of the other. And he is really slick at lying to us, tricking us so that we come to believe that our spouse is the problem. Or if our spouse just does this, that, or the other, things would be better. Or there's just no hope. We shouldn't even be together. Which leads to the second thing that really stood out to us. Yeah, so I think the other thing that we're realizing as our leaders shared their story is... You know, we all come into our marriages with, uh, you know, with backgrounds, with baggage, and usually we have needs that we are expecting to get met in our marriage. Conflict often arises when we find that our spouse is not meeting that need or that we're not meeting the need of our spouse. And so one um, phrase that I think was really freeing, um, and this can apply to your kids as well, It is, I am neither the source nor the solution, you know, to my spouse's, you know, whatever it is. And that's not to say that our actions don't impact the other. And sometimes there are things that we do that do directly (laughs) impact our spouse. But I think an example of this is, you know, if your spouse is going through something really difficult, and maybe it's something emotional and it's it's manifesting itself. You might think like, well, I can't, it's, it's impacting me. So like if he is acting or she is acting like this, then that means that I 
I'm going to have a bad day. And um, I know I've had this revelation of like, no, actually, like they are not the source of um, what I need. The Lord is. And so if if my spouse is not giving me emotionally what I need, then I can go to the Lord for that. And like I can still function even when my spouse is not in a great place. And I think that's hard because we are also told like you're one, right? And the imp- like we, we live in a world where we're all connected. And so the actions of one person do, in fact, impact the other. And it's not saying that that isn't the case. But I think, yeah, I, th- I think there's still a way of surviving even if somebody that we're in a relationship with, whether it's a spouse or a child, mm-hmm. is is acting in a way that is, you know, less than ideal. And I think it's really important too that we don't take that phrase separately, but we remember the the first phrase. And so, you know, I'll I'll read it again because I think it's worth repeating and we'll probably repeat it a few more times. Um, Your spouse is not the source or solution to your problems, to your needs, to your breakthrough. And, And again, like Becca's saying, you know, when you hear that, depending on where you are, um, what your experience is with something similar to that, it could seem like, well, what? Are you just saying that my spouse gets a pass to do whatever they want? No, that's not what we're saying. Are, we, are you saying that my spouse has nothing to do with how I'm impacted by these things? No, that's not what we're saying. What we're talking about is attribution, really, because in the heat of the moment, we can believe that our spouse is the source of our problem. But if you remember, the first thing that we talked about is that the enemy wants to destroy marriages. And so if I'm sitting there thinking, I am upset because Becca is doing X, Y, and Z. And if I believe that she is the source of my problem, then the solution is that she needs to stop doing X, Y, Z. Now, she might be doing X, Y, and Z. But if the real problem is that the enemy is trying to create disunity, Becca doing X, Y, and Z is actually not going to fix that because he is just going to shift gears or he is going to use that against me. Becca is not the source of the problem. The enemy is the source of the problem. And so if the enemy is the source of the problem, the solution is very different. The solution isn't Becca has to do X, Y, and Z. The solution is I need to pray. I need to get others to pray. We need to pray together. We need to call out lies that the enemy is saying to us or to each other. Well, I think also one thing we're learning in our parenting class, and I mean, I've learned this through teaching, but I need a reminder is like, we can't control people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we say like, right, if, if so-and-so is doing X, Y, and Z and things will just get better if I can get them to stop. Sure. There are things we can do to aid in that, mm-hmm. but like we can't control somebody's decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got to make that choice on their own. And so what we can control is, our response and where, like, who, you know, are we going to the Lord in those times? Um, And that's not to say, like, it's not painful, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because sin is painful. And if someone is doing something sinful, it's going to, it's going to be painful. But I think, like, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I think I really have appreciated this phrase. I'll say it again. Your spouse is not the source or solution to your needs, to your problems, to your breakthrough. I think this is powerful, one, because it, as as Becca mentioned, it's, it can be really healthy for you. You know, the Apostle Paul says, I've learned the secret to being content in every situation. And so this creates a way where you can find contentment 
no matter what mm-hmm. the other person is doing. But this is also a gift to the other person because it frees them from believing lies about themselves. And so, you know, one of our kids has had struggles um, while we've been here and has often been really frustrated. And I'll, and it can be really easy for us to think that he like <laughs> is the problem. His attitude is the problem or this, that, and the other. But one thing we God gave us wisdom to see a few weeks ago is God loves him and he is such an amazing child and that he is a good kid. And we realize how easy it is in those worst of moments for the enemy to say that he is a bad kid. And we have realized, one, we need to continue to remember that. But two, we actually talked to him about it and he was believing that he was a bad kid. And he believed that we thought he was a bad kid. And so as we have learned to see this phrase for him as well, that he is not the source of solution to the problems, that the enemy may be attacking him as well. It has allowed us to affirm his identity, which allows him to come out of this space of believing lies about himself. Yeah, let's move on to the third thing. Do it. Um, so the third thing is just the belief that we are stronger together than we are apart. And um, I think this sometimes can be hard to believe, right? Like, <laughs> um, especially if you're really like having some major struggles is um, – one, you might not feel like you're happier together than you mm-hmm. are apart. And often our memories like can almost become tainted by what's currently happening. So we think back on our relationship and we see things in a different light than mm-hmm. how it actually happened. But um, uh, I just think that like rem- – I think it's good to sit as a couple and talk about like what is what was the purpose and like God bringing you together. Um, like I think Paul and I realized like we were kind of aware of like the things God has placed on our lives as individuals and what he might be doing in our lives individually. But to have like um, some sort of, you know, joint purpose um, and like, hey, this is this is something we share as a couple um, to remind you that like, this is bigger than just, yeah, getting our needs met. Mm -hmm. Um, it's that God has an original design for us and what happens if we don't walk in that, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, and one of the thing could be just like, if a couple weren't to, you know, let's say stay together, like they could miss out on, um, you know, creating children that God mm-hmm. wants to be in the world as an example. Um, and, and that's a purpose is like, uh, if, gosh, if you don't have anything else in common, I'm sure you have your children in common as a mm-hmm. shared purpose. It's actually a very great shared purpose is like discipling, um, these people that God has used you to bring into the world. It's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just remembering like God, God has a calling on, on your journey as a couple. Yeah. Yeah. This really hits at the idea that marriage as God intends it to be is more than just two people doing life together, that there is a unique power, that there are unique opportunities, that there are unique gifts that come from two people becoming one and functioning from that space. And, and it's hard for us to believe that because it's something that we we've never experienced before until we experience it. It makes me think of when we sat with Bobby and Brenda Vickers, and one of the things that they shared 
was that in that period where they're married from five to like 10 years, it was really hard. And they actually didn't know if it would work. There were moments where they thought that maybe it should end, but they were committed to staying in it. And where they are, um, you know, they've been married for over 40 years. But after they came out of that period, they discovered something new about their unity, something new about their marriage, something powerful, and they wouldn't go back. They wouldn't trade it. They have discovered that they are stronger together, that they are better together, but they had to get through that period. They had to believe that there was something that God was doing. And it's so hard when we're not there yet. It's so hard when where we are is seeing, feeling, knowing how much we individually are being hurt, how much we're being hurt by the other when we're in a place where we're thinking about what could have been or what should have been or we're looking at others and comparing well that person's spouse is doing this that and the other and what we don't realize is that's one of the easiest ways the enemy can attack us that's why there's you know one of the commandments is not coveting because what god knows is that comparison just doesn't work because they're not the same people. Like yeah. We're all different with different situations. One of the girls in my X group says, um, X stands for a quarter three strands. And she says, we compare our insides to other people's outsides. Mm-hmm. Like we know what's going on in our insides, but we compare it to what, what mm-hmm. we see on the mm-hmm. outside, which is like just an unfair comparison yeah. too. Yeah. So I think the last thing like I want to, our leaders when they shared the title of it was our marriage, our journey to becoming completely his. And I think like when you look at the purpose of marriage as like drawing closer to the Lord, it puts it in a different light because even when you're struggling or having conflict, I remember somebody saying like, sometimes God will put you with the person. Like if, yeah, a lot of us think like the the purpose of marriage is to be happy, right? To get our needs met. But if we actually think like, oh, no, the purpose of marriage is so that God will make me more holy, that often happens by, you know, somebody bringing out the things in us that God needs to deal with. And we'll often find that. And it, yeah, it can be difficult, but it's necessary. And I just feel like, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, because there was like one more thought that I wanted to say. Yeah, I, I think the two things it makes me think of is one, yeah, we want to believe that the purpose of marriage is so that we can be happy with somebody that makes us happy. And that's not to say that that can't happen in marriage, but that's not the purpose of why God created marriage. God created marriage to show us a picture of what his love for us, what his love for the church looks like. There's that passage that talks about wives and husbands loving each other as the church loves Christ and Christ loves the church. And so the purpose of marriage, like you said, is to draw us more into holiness, but also to come to know more deeply this love that is beyond our comprehension. The other thing it makes me think of is uh, one of our classmates and friends, Ray, uh, came up to the board and drew this picture of a triangle. And he was talking about how in marriage, we often feel like the only way for us to grow closer together is to try to get the other person to change this, that, and the other, or maybe we change this, that, and the other. And he's like, the reality is in in a Christian marriage, in a marriage that we have given to God, that we believe is from God, The only way you can grow in that marriage is by each of you growing closer to God. Seek God first, seek the kingdom, and all these things will follow. And so in this triangle, God is at the top, and each spouse is in the bottom two uh, corners. And 
the more that those two bottom corners draw closer to that top one, the closer they actually end up being to each other. So if you picture that triangle, imagine those two bottom angles going up, up, up towards that top angle, they get closer and closer together. So the more that I seek to draw closer to God and understand God, the more that Becca seeks to draw closer to God and understand God, we're going to discover that in that process, we are drawing closer together. Now, there is an individual element, but also like there is an element of growing and recognizing that that journey is something that God is inviting us to take together as well. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, and I feel like the last thing that I want to say, if um, maybe you're not currently married or you were married, is that you know when I think about our neighborhood that we live in, there's just a lot of families that are not, you know, they don't have a a married couple at the at the head of it, and um, I think that there has been a lot of like wounding in terms of like church culture of perhaps mm-hmm. like saying that you know, families in which there is a you know, married mother and father are better or like um, more spiritual than other types of families. And I just want to say if like you're in a family that is not headed by a, a, a married couple, like certainly God can still do, um, yeah. still wants to do amazing things. And, and certainly if you've like been divorced also, like there's, it's not meant to yeah. make you feel shame. But I do think we could, most people could probably agree that broken marriage or like marriages that break Mm -hmm. are hard, right? Like that's a hard thing and that um, it's hard on kids. It's hard on the people. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, I don't think, I don't think many people get married and say, Oh, this, I hope this ends (laughs) terribly. Like, but I don't think most people and certainly not most Christians. Nobody goes in intending it to fail. Right. And so I think that's really just what we're saying is like, and neither, and God doesn't want that either Mm -hmm. because there's just so much hurt and pain. Right. Like, but Mm -hmm. I do want to make sure that we are not like just perpetuating maybe this like prejudice, I guess is the right word toward these non-traditional families because we are just aware of like the nature of just our society. And that's one thing I've just been thinking about a lot lately. You know, we're in family DTS and like, you know, we, we have all traditional, very yeah. traditional families here, but like God wants to use all types of families yeah. to do his works in where they're at. And so I just mm-hmm. feel like it's important to say that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. And I hope you're hearing in our, our words and our hearts, uh, some, some humility. Um, one in that we definitely don't want anybody to feel shame if you are divorced or single or struggling or any of the above. Um, This message is not meant to bring shame, but hope and encouragement. And I also hope you hear the humility in our hearts that we are not speaking as though we have figured it out and we know how to have a great marriage. Uh, We are we are actively working on this. Uh, I mean, even today, uh, working through things together and having deep conversations uh, to try to understand each other and, and how to love each other more. And so we'll close saying this. If you are married... If you are in a space like Bobby and Brenda talked about in that episode of just struggling and not seeing a way forward, we want to encourage you that if you believe God brought you together, if you believe that God can work, but you're just not sure how, we want you to know that 
you are stronger together than you are apart. Even if you don't believe it, that is, that is true. We want you to know that no matter what the other person is doing, your spouse is not the source or the solution to the problems or to your needs or to your breakthrough. God is. God is the source and the solution. And we want you to know that there is real spiritual warfare happening. The enemy does not want your marriage to thrive. And so one of the best things you can do is just say to the enemy, nope, not my marriage. This isn't yours. This is God's. We took vows before God and our friends and our family. And so you have no right and no authority to our marriage. God has given you power as a couple. And so we're just going to close out in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the many good gifts that you give us. We just trust that you care about marriages. Um, and, and I'd say like even more than we do. Mm-hmm. So I pray just for all the marriages out there that um, you would just breathe your Holy Spirit on them and breathe life into them and give them the grace to walk in just how you've created them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Marriage is hard. It's a statement most of us have heard and many of us have said, and I believe that when we say it, we are missing the point. Because the thing is, when we say that, it's like we are saying that the institution of marriage is the problem. But that's not the case. A long time ago, God created the world. He created people and said they were very good. And he created a union between those two people. And when he created that union, it was perfect. It was beautiful. It was thriving. They not only loved and served each other, but they loved and served God. They walked with God. They knew God and God knew them. The institution of marriage was created to be an amazing and beautiful thing. But what happened? Those two people decided that they wanted something other than God. Those two people decided that they couldn't trust God. Those two people decided that God wasn't enough. And that false understanding broke everything. It not only broke their relationship with God, but it broke their capacity to relate to each other. Because the truth was, they were only able to love each other as they did because God was loving through them. And when they severed that tie with God, they severed their capacity to be unified, to be one flesh. And here we are today, and we see it happening over and over and over I'm going to be honest with you. This is a hard episode to record because even within my friends and family, I know people who are struggling in their marriage. I know people who are trying to deal with the infidelity of a spouse or a spouse neglecting or abandoning them. I know people who are in the process of getting divorced or have gotten divorced. A lot of different situations are represented in this. And for me to give you a quick hit of what you should or shouldn't do, I feel like would be missing the point. So what what is the point? The point is God is God and God is good. The point is God did create the institution of marriage and he had amazing plans for it. And we as people have messed it up over and over and over. That we as people are constantly pursuing things other than God. 
So I'm not going to tell you what to do in your marriage. I do believe that God desires to help marriages thrive, that if we trust him and walk in obedience, that he can bring a restoration that we could have never dreamed of. I've heard so many stories like Bobby and Brenda's that demonstrate the power of God when two people decide we are going to make this work through the power of God. God desires good things for you. Those good things might not be the things you would choose or even think of, but he desires good things. He does not desire you to suffer needlessly. He does not desire to live in a place where you feel unwanted and broken. He does not want you to be hurt. It is so complicated. But I think a good first step is to just get somewhere and just to be honest with God. To be real with God just like the psalmists were. Because so many of those psalms come from hard, broken places where they don't know where they're going or what God's doing to them. But as you do that, I want you to also take a step in believing that maybe, just maybe, God is God and God is good, even in a broken marriage. Think about what that means for how you can respond from that point, what that could mean for your interpretations, what that could mean for your actions. It's going to be hard. It's going to be confusing. It might be something that you just need to take day by day, step by step. But the invitation here is to say, what if God did intend something better for marriage? What if God does love me? What if God is God and God is good? And just see what happens. Day by day, step by step, write things down, talk to people that you can trust. Know that God never intended you to navigate things like this alone. So find a body of people that you can be real with and don't be afraid to ask for help. God is God and God is good. And if you seek him first, everything else will follow. And it may be hard and it may look different than you expect, but God knows what you need and how to get you there. And all he needs you to do is to seek him and to trust him and to walk in obedience. That's it. And as you do that, be ready to ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, Uh, Think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of the music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?